morning. How's everybody today on this awesome 4th of July, right? This is a day to totally celebrate two things. The freedom we have in our country that was bought with a price and the freedom that was bought with a price that Christ bought for us, right? So we are going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph, for he has triumphed over evil. This song is called The River. I'm going to read a little scripture. How come I can't hear in my head? Yeah, I can't hear anything. Yeah, it's cutting out. Psalm 46. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's cutting out. It's cutting out. Is that plugged in? It's not plugged in. What? Hold on, folks. My pack is broken. I have no antenna. a weird day. No, just keep going. We need to beat. So I can't hear anything, but I'm going to read the scripture because it's awesome. <clears throat> and God is awesome. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I'm going to get to the river part, which is what we're going to sing. And I'm hoping they're going to figure out how I can have a pack and hear myself. Yeah. Even though the earth be removed and my antenna fell off of my transmitter box, and even though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river. Woo! There's a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place, the tabernacle of the Most High. Get this. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. So today, Lord, we declare our freedom. We declare that we are so grateful for all you've done for us. We are going to sing. Oh, oh, what is this? An answer? Do you have an antenna for me? Okay. I love this. Would y'all stand? together with us. This is a crazy day, but God is in the midst of us, and we will not be moved. That's Psalm 46, River of God. Hey, I can hear. All right, you know this song. is rising, rising. <laughs> there is a current stirring deep inside. It's overflowing from the heart of God, the blood of heaven crashing over us. The tide is rising, rising. Bursting, bursting. 
Spring up a well, spring up a well in me. Nothing can stop this joy. We're dancing in the streets. Spring up a well, spring up a well, spring up a well in me.
every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army. Oh, there's an army.
than the name of Jesus. Kings will bow. Kingdoms will fall. The gates of hell will not prevail against that name. You see, it doesn't matter who stands. It doesn't matter who, what people say. 
whoever are human, whoever stand on this earth. It doesn't matter what the media says. It doesn't matter what advertisers say. It doesn't matter what is written in any papers, magazines, or anything else. The spoken name of Jesus makes the demons tremble. In the darkest hour, Jesus is the one who brings light. In the scariest times, Jesus is the name that brings peace. Amidst turmoil, amidst war, amidst all opposition, Jesus is the name that brings all silence and removes all doubt and fear. Please understand people of God and people of the earth. The creator of the world stands before you. You have but to say yes to God and listen for the shepherd's voice. Lord, we ask this day that you help us to hear the shepherd's voice. We ask this day that you speak powerful through our, our brother Joshua. As he speaks your word to us, may we hear your voice, your message, your words. We thank you all, God, that there is power in the name of Jesus, that no other name in heaven and earth can save souls the way that name can. For all who are suffering this morning, for all who are feared this day, for all those who are afraid even to walk out of their house, may they grab a hold of the name of Jesus and walk fearlessly into the dark of the day and not be afraid to proclaim his name. For it is that name that causes us never to fear, and it is in his name that we pray all of these things. And all God's people said, amen. All right, you can go ahead and grab a seat. Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys. My, my family and I are back from a two-week vacation over to the East Coast in the Carolinas. Um, we, we have been on the ground in Costa Mesa for about 12 hours now, so they're still probably asleep, and I'm just waking up. But I'm so glad to be back with our family today. Uh, it was nice to go visit the land of, of lightning bugs and everything deep fried. Uh, it's nice to be back in the land of cooler weather and $5 ga gasoline. Uh, I will say, it, it is strange being able to drive into a gas station and smile as you're filling up your tank because it's like 270 out there. But that's all right, right? Um, we, we don't have to worry about hurricanes coming in. I am grateful to get to be with you guys today. It's 4th of July, and I know many of you guys are wearing your gratitude for the country that we live in on your, your clothes. And I, am, I just want to say, I know many of you have fought and bled for the freedoms that we get to celebrate today. And for you, I am really grateful. I also want to admit and confess, I am very grateful for the country that we get to live in, that we can worship openly. But I need to tell you that this morning, for this next hour, we are not going to worship a country. We are not going to celebrate and worship a political party. We are here to celebrate that right there and the one who hung upon that because the only freedom that truly matters, the reason why being able to be in a free country where we have freedom of religious expression, the only reason that matters is because of what matters that happened 2,000 years ago on a cross, and so for the next hour, as much as I know that we are going to celebrate today, and we are going to celebrate our country by blowing up very expensive things, because that is the only way to celebrate our country for some reason. Um, for the next hour, I just ask that you 
Instead, shift your focus away from our country and onto the one who gave his life 2,000 years ago. That will be the symbol of our freedom for this next hour, not our flag. Okay? Later on, you can celebrate everything else. But for this next hour, let's just focus on Jesus. I'm really excited that we get to have our youth pastor, Josh, with us. He has already run more miles today than you will drive the rest of the week. Um, and he is here to bring the message as we continue our journey through John. So I'm going to invite him to come up. And while he's coming up, I want to let you know about one thing that we have coming up as a church. And that is not this coming Friday, but the following Friday, we are going to do another of our summer bonfires. They're the third Friday of the month. So this one lands on July 16th. We are going to actually gather down in Huntington Beach right at the end of Brookhurst. There's a nice place if you just want to drop your kids off or if you want to drop your parents off or whatever and, and go. You can do that really easily. If you want to park, you can do that. But from 4 o'clock till 9 o'clock, we're going to have a bonfire down there. Brian, if you want to bring the crew and you guys want to go and do a beach run beforehand so you can feel comfortable eating s'mores, that's cool. But um, really grateful that you guys are here today. Josh, it's all yours, bud. <laughs> like it's a stadium. <laughs> uh, I had to wrap the Suns tea. The Suns are doing hot this year. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, so I'm not a bandwagon. I've been in pain for many decades as a fan of the Suns, and finally we've made it. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy for them. Happy for that leadership. Um, Coach Monty Williams and Paul, you guys, are, no one's, no one's Suns fans. No one's, no one even. Ball is not life here. My lord, it's gonna be a long message for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I'm just talking about the leadership of of a sports team because it's it's just what makes sense to me. And talking about the leadership of Jesus um, as the good shepherd, right? And before I get into John chapter 10, that's where I'll be laying today. I want to talk to you about my appetite. I am hungry all of the time. Uh, and I know a lot of you cannot relate to uh, running, but you can relate to eating. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> I can guarantee it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten in a lot of trouble because of my appetite. Have you, gotten, you guys gotten to that point where you're desperate, you get hangry, right? Uh, Pastor Eric was telling me about his angry, hangry family while they were traveling all of the 16 hours to get back home. And it gets a little frustrating, gets a little desperate. Um, my appetite, I've gone places I didn't think I would ever go solely on the basis of free pizza. Um, <clears throat> I've gone into places... Uh, I preached a sermon here for the first time, and I was so hungry that I managed to convince all of you that there's going to be a party in heaven that involved manna tacos, <laughs> right? And I became famous for it. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, manna taco guy, you're the man. I was running literally the week after, and someone screams out of the door like, manna tacos, and I didn't even know who it was. I was like, okay, someone from church, I hope. Uh, <laughs> It's just what it is, and I know um, my appetites kind of draw me to different things. You know, you get hungry for new ones, and my friend Jerry says, uh, it's funny when you people say, um, I, I'm scared I'm going to ruin my appetite. I, I don't know why you're scared. There's plenty more coming along, you know. There's a lot more appetites to go. Uh, you're never going to ruin every appetite. There's just waves of appetites that come through, right? 
appetites keep going. Hunger keeps us going. We're hungry, right? We're always hungry. And I know I'm not going to be talking about food, so bear with me for a couple seconds, right? And, and hear me when I say, I'm hungry too. So we're in this together. I'm always hungry. That's what I'm doing. I always eat. And I feel like when I'm going through uh, this, this, I don't know, the stages of hunger, uh, you go from, oh, you know, I, you're going to plan a great meal. You know, I get some grilled chicken, maybe a salad for once. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're, gonna, you're thinking of these great meals you're going to have. And then it slowly goes from that to, um, I'm just going to go, you find yourself sitting in, in line at In-N-Out. You know, it goes from like a really great meal to just animal style really fast. <laughs> And you're in it, and that's just what happens. And it's funny. And it, you know, is anyone else? Is that anyone else? If you're not, if you're not heading or nod, so help me God, because I'm preaching to liars. <laughs> We're all hungry. And I had this message on just burning on my heart because I believe there's a spiritual hunger out here in this world, in this church, and you guys haven't been able to satisfy that need. You haven't been able to satisfy your spiritual thirst, your, that quench to have something. You've been searching for things, other churches, other people, relationships, jobs. You've been searching hobbies. You've been searching places, and you can't get it with that stuff. You have to get it from God. And he's saying, you're spiritually starving. I'm here to feed you. I'm here to bring you. Come on, let's go. I'm here to get you life. I'm here to quench that hunger, right? Man, y'all ain't ready. <laughs> I'm going to be in John chapter 10, and uh, can someone just say, I'm hungry? Say it. Yeah. Someone ask the guy who just said that, hey, like spiritual food or like real food? <laughs> and say both. Yeah, yes is the correct answer. Both. <laughs> John chapter 10, verse 1. I'm going to read a few verses at a time, and then we're just going to pause and go through this. Um, it's a brilliant story by Jesus. Jesus is speaking. He says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4 says when he has brought, all of, <clears throat> brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees didn't understand it. Um, that last verse, his figure of speech, the other, parable, the other uh, gospels use parables. Parables is, I think you guys may be more familiar with that term, right? It's a story, that's, it's a story describing the kingdom of God. This figure of speech is a story revealing the identity of Jesus. It's different. And John's gospel is totally about convincing us Jesus is the Messiah. He's revealing Jesus' identity. And Jesus over and over and over, as we've been studying the book of John, has just been, I mean, really, <clears throat> I got shut down with pyrotechnics for the 4th of July today, so sorry. Lower your standards. <laughs> It's no fireworks, but I see Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, and he's like shooting his shots. That's the best fireworks we got. <laughs> he's shooting shots all the time right at the Pharisees, right to their face. And right before this chapter starts, chapter 9 ends with, um, Pastor Jeff spoke on, he heals a blind man. Then he says, right at the very end, 
um, he says it's going to be, if, you're, if you have eyes to see, you're still in sin. Blessed are the blind because they're not without sin. And so the Pharisees are like, are you calling us blind? He's like, well, can you see? They go, yeah, well, then I guess you're sinful. <laughs> like, it's like terrible. I'm like, man. And then he goes right into this. So this is really a continuation of the blind story. He's calling them blind. Then he says, that, believe me, those who, uh, verse 1 says, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate climbs in by some other way is a thief. He's calling them a thief as right up front because they're blind to what they're doing. They're blind. They're not getting into the kingdom of God correctly. That's what Jesus is saying. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy. Jesus is blatantly calling the Jewish leaders sinners. <clears throat> you guys drove down uh, the 55. You see a big old sign that says, uh, no fireworks, like $1,000 fine, zero tolerance. I feel like the, the sign that Jesus continuously goes by is, you know, don't call the Jewish leaders sinners. <laughs> you know, death is the penalty, like zero tolerance. And he's out here shooting his fireworks straight at them. <laughs> like he's, he just doesn't care about the death penalty, and he's going for it. Like he's just, he's nuts. Uh, he's saying it's, it's not about your position in the temple. It's not about you upholding the Mosaic law. That's what they believe. It's not about your status as religious leaders. All of these things will only get you dubbed a thief and a robber in the kingdom of God. Uh, let me say it this way. It's not about your financial or economic status. It's not about your ethnicity or privilege. It's not about your egocentric lifestyles. Does that ring any bells here and now? It's not those things will get dubbed thief and robbers in the kingdom of God. Amen? That's heavy. Only one verse. I'm sorry. It's going to be a long one. Uh, the sheep is a huge part of this um, uh, this this thing, this story, right? The sheep are incredibly non-intelligent creatures. Uh, I don't know. I've watched one too many sheep videos this week. <laughs> and I'm not going to get all the way into what sheep go through. and what they, Basically, they can die easily at any time. And I'm not just telling, saying that because they're absolutely defenseless. Uh, but they will, if you put them in a patch of grass, they'll eat all the grass. And then they won't move, and they'll starve. Uh, if you put them in a puddle of water and you don't, like, guide them out, they'll just keep drinking and drown. They'll drown. They're dead. Okay. And then if you don't cut their fur, they'll overgrow, they overheat, and they die. That's it. They die, they die all the time, every day. <laughs> That's all they're doing is dying. It's terrible life for the sheep. It's the shepherd's job to keep them from dying. <laughs> um, it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's funny, but that's sheep. And... Thank God this story is not about how dumb the sheep are. It's about how good the shepherd is. Because <laughs> the Lord knows he, he doesn't want to just bash us. He calls us sheep. That's enough bashing already. Um, but he's talking about how good the shepherd is. So the question is, you know, if you're a sheep in that little herd and you're eating all the grass up, who, who are you eating with? You know, who's your herd? Who's your, who's your little, who are you guys traveling around with? Better question is who are you starving with? said I was hungry in the beginning. Some of you are hungry. Some of you guys have been eating at the same, 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 expecting different results, expecting new things, expecting God to come down and talk to you, but you haven't been moving to the correct grass field. You hearing this? You feeling that? You still with me? Jeez. How do we do that? How do we go that way? How do we not chomp down at the grass? How do we not drown ourselves in a little river, um, figuratively speaking? 
uh, you don't find balance in life. You make balance. Okay, I'm going to talk to you like a coach right now. Figure it out. Figure it out. COVID ain't the reason balance in your life got disrupted. You are. Find balance? No, make balance. Figure it out. Get your life in order. I had tons of chaotic things happening this last semester, and I lost control a bit. It was too much all the time going on all the time, and it was very difficult for me to find time for God. You don't find time for God. You make time for God. You make a space where he can speak to you. You make space where you can speak to him. You can read his word. You can get into it. That's it. The shepherd's job is to bring the bring the step over here there's grass right over you're dying right there get over here like get over here we're dumb (laughs) we're stubborn i would call that sheep stubborn he's like nah this grass is gonna grow i'm gonna keep eating it i i believe it's gonna grow i'm gonna keep it worked for me yesterday i'm gonna keep eating it right the same the same thing goes now like the message i preached last time won't work today i'll be chomping at the same grass right and I'm str- I struggle with that. You know, Pastor Eric and Pastor Jeff, we struggle with those things where it's like, how do we make this fresh? How do we make this new? I, I tell you what, if we're following the good shepherd, Jesus, who he's leading us into the new pasture, into the new grass, that's where our freshness comes from. That's where the new f- life comes from. That's when we're no longer starving and hurting and hungry, right? It goes on, um, John chapter 10, verse 7. <clears throat> we'll read a few more verses here. The Pharisees didn't really understand it, right? So he starts to explain what he means. Uh, Because we're sheep, you know, we need a little help. Verse 7, therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever opens, whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says, uh, all who have come before me were thieves and robbers. He's talking about Jewish leaders. He's talking to Jewish leaders, by the way. So that's kind of a, that's a nice little stab in the back right there. Um, The thief in the night. I think this verse, the verse 10, really, you hear this a lot. People love to say the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If you grew up in church, you kind of have heard that saying that verse and a lot of it uh, we tend to put the thief as in the devil right that's satan Satan comes and steal kill and destroy always well jesus is actually saying this is really the false teachers it's really the people of the law here the religious people i think the thief it can be the devil i think that's very plausible he could be the one deceiving but it's it's more than the false teachers it's somebody who is taking you away from listening to the voice of Jesus. What's, what's pulling you out is the thief. He's stealing your time. He's stealing your life, right? That's, that's the idea. Um, he says, I am the gate. Let me just paint a picture. Uh, again, the sheep videos. Um, so, uh, like Pastor Eric was saying to me before he went to Israel, he actually got to see where sheep were held and where things were, what, what was happening there. Um, basically, you have different areas where sheep were cattled into, okay? And this picture, I guess it could be a wall no higher than this stage. It could be, it could be larger. Um, they could find 
shelter in a canyon in a, on a cliffside, right? So they have a natural barrier. So there's a big wall, and the shepherd will have some sort of barricade to funnel them all in. And the whole, the gate, the door, the opening is only, only is, uh, maybe two sheep can get there, maybe one big boy. Um, you know, got a lot of fur. He's overheating. <laughs> um, maybe one of, you know, that's, that's all it is. And oftentimes the shepherd will use his bag, his things, his staff, and most often himself to lay down at night in that doorway. If the door is open, they're going to wall out. They're, they're not smart, right? Um, and they, they can get out of there. And he will be literally the door, the gate. So when he says, I am the gate, right, I am the gate, all who have come before me are thieves. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I'll lead them into the pasture. The pasture in this verse is um, referencing eternity. It is referencing our end goal, where we're going to go. That's powerful right there. Uh, let's keep chugging along. Verse 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock, scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Wow, sad times. The good shepherd is what Jesus refers to himself as. A good shepherd is someone like David or Moses. There's a lot of Old Testament nuances of shepherds and sheep. Um, a lot of the Psalms reference this thing, you know, he makes me lie down by still waters, um, I take up my rod. There's, there's a lot of different things. Um, Isaiah 40 says, see the sovereign Lord comes with power. He's talking about God, and he says he tends to his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Uh, we have these references, and they were good shepherds. They were a good shepherd. Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. I'm the one. I am the one to cure all shepherds. You know, he's the best shepherd there was, greatest there ever was. He was the goat of shepherds, <laughs> of sheep. That's it. Kind of like my sons. No, I'm just kidding. They're not that great. <laughs> they might win. I don't know. This would be one in a long time. So, But I'm praying for them. You know, it's good. Um, my first year coaching, I had this, this invitational we went to, and... It was just chaos, man. There was, I had all kids, these kids are all, I think one of them was a returner. And the, all of them, all the other, there's like 10 other ones, they're all first year cross country kids. The first invitational. Invitationals are big. There's a lot of schools there. There's a lot of people. There's a lot to see, a lot to do. It's easy to get lost in like the chaos of, well, when do I warm up? Where do we go check in? Where do we go do this? Where do, I'm like, why are you asking all these questions? You should know this. And I had to guide all of them through there. So I had these two freshmen climbing in a tree, uh, throwing things at each other in the tree. Uh, I had, yeah, this was before the race. I'm like, hey, guys, get down. He gets down. He twists his ankle. Like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, look, go see the trainer. He's like, coach, we don't have a trainer. I'm like, okay, come see me. <laughs> I did the worst tape job I've ever done. It's the first one I've ever done. And I'm like, yep, this is going to hold you. Sure. I've done this a bunch of times. <laughs> Uh, you just got to help them, you know, you got to guide these sheep, you know, <laughs> and so he's like, all right, all right, cool, whatever, and then so he goes in, we start the race, and I have one senior guy just races out of his mind, does so well, he does amazing, he's like top 10 in this varsity race, and I was like, wow, I didn't think you could do it, no, just kidding, I didn't say that, I believe in them, 
Um, and he does really well. And then I have a girl just start like a bat out of hell. Just the bla- She's leading this entire race of 200 kids. And I got to tell you, in the, in the sweetest way, she's, she's not capable of that. <laughs> and she died so hard later on in the race. It's a three-mile race. And she was leading the first half mile, like guns blazing, PR half mile. I'm like, oh, gosh, this is going to go horribly wrong. And it did, and she was super sad. And then in the back of that pack, we had another girl who was just, like, I saw her the last, the last half mile, and she was just tears everywhere. She was crying. I was like, I don't know why she's crying. I was like, oh, man, this is, this is bad. So I had this guy who raced really well. I had a guy climbing the trees. Then I, I see a guy finish, and he's like, he's got just, like, one shoe on. I'm like, Tanner, what, what happened out there? <laughs> I doesn't feel like I got back from war. What are you doing out there, man? And he's like, well, I was going up the hill, and it just fell off. I don't, I'm like, okay, well, at least it wasn't the one with the chip, right? And it's the timing chip, and it was the one with the chip. So then we had this whole ordeal with timing. We didn't know how fast or where he finished. We didn't know who he was around. I was like, oh, like, this is, I was like, this is, this is coaching. <laughs> this is how it, this goes, man. This is crazy. And I just, I had to feel for it. And then the, the girl who was crying, I had to, like, go get her after the race and, like, console her and, and help her feel better. And, you know, you, you have, I had all of these roles to play with so many different people. You know, you're, like, for some people, you're, like, fathering them, like, get out of the tree. <laughs> and then um, other guys, you're trying to, like, coach them. It's like, this is your senior year. Like, you got to race this way, you know. And then the girls you're, who are just finishing in tears, um, it's just you have to be there where they're at all over the place. And I feel like the shepherd has to meet the sheep wherever they're at all over the place. Each sheep has got his own little patch of grass, right? He's all doing his own thing. Um, and the good shepherd, I think we sometimes think of the good shepherd, I feel like after that day was over, I was like, oh, man, like, I feel like I was a good coach. I don't know. Like, you know, that's the same word that we have here, good, good shepherd, good coach. But really, it's not, um, it's not, it's translated noble. It's not this picture of a cuddly guy, you know, like using the fluff as a pillow, and it's all happy and pixies and daisies. The good shepherd, the noble shepherd, it's kind of gritty. It's, the, the job of a shepherd is severe. There's a lot that goes into it, um, and there's, there's something that, something that I just has been in my heart. It's like there's this grit over glamour. Does that make sense? Grit over glamour. You, you want the Instagram post of you and the sheep like, hey, what's up? I'm tending to my sheep. By the way, that's not a thing, right? That's, you don't go like when's the last time you heard someone like, oh, I went to Vegas on the weekend. To go tend for sheep, like hang out with the sheep and the shepherd. Like, you don't do that. That's not fun. It's not good, right? It's gritty. It's it's gross. He's got to shave these things. They're they're all over the place. Um, they're you have to tend to them day in, day out. I don't know, you guys, maybe you're not hearing the exact reference. He is trying to pursue you like a shepherd tends to his sheep. He's trying to pursue you in your waves of life. Guess what? The shepherd's not there for a weekend hobby vacation. He is there all the time. This is a lifelong, it's a way of life. It's a journey. It's seasons of life. You all go through seasons of heartache, brokenness, fatigue, 
Some are good, some are bad. He's there through it all, right? A shepherd tends to the sheep in the heat waves of summer into the bitter colds of winter. He's always there. If he's not there, they die. That's his livestock. That's his way of living. That's the way to produce, um, you know, that's how they made it out there. Someone needs to hear that. He's pursuing you like that. He's not pursuing you for an Instagram post, for a nice cuddly uh, whatever sheep pen session. I don't know what that is. Um, he's trying to pursue you because he cares about you. He's committed to you. He loves you guys. Man, we can't have good without bad. I've been reading this book uh, about, by Tim Grover. And this guy is the, the physical trainer of Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant, Charles Barkley, just to name a few, right? Those are some big names in NBA. What's up, Suns? Let's go. Uh, none of them play for the Suns. They're not that good for this guy. <laughs> um, but he has a, some interesting concepts. One concept is you can't have winning without losing, right? You... If you're playing a game, the only benefit of winning and feeling great about winning is if somebody loses the game. You can't lose anything. You're not going to lose anything if there is no deemed winner. Right? You can't have the good shepherd without inherently having a bad shepherd or bad shepherds. The thieves, the robbers. The bad shepherds come and they show no commitment. It, in this verse it says the hired hand uh, he doesn't own the sheep. He's not committed to the sheep. He runs away in the fear in, um, when the enemy comes. says when the wolves come, he runs away. And the bad shepherd is, it's kind of all around us. I think it's easy to follow a bad shepherd. Jesus, Jesus um, was talking to Jewish leaders. I think it's easy for us to want to hope and trust in a person. When we should be wanting and hoping to trust in him. It's easy to go to a church shopping. And like, ah, this is the worship team. This is my pastor. This is the one. But you're putting too much trust in a, in a human, in humans, in us. We're bad shepherds. We're not that great. You know, <laughs> we make mistakes. We're still just sheep at the end of the day. And Jesus is the one trying to lead us away. Jesus is the one trying to go. Um, now, the thing that's interesting here is the wolves come. So you have two kind of enemies here. You have the bad shepherds and then the wolves. And I think the wolf is more close related to maybe the devil. It really represents evil, um, the things of the world, death in Jesus' case. To understand, to understand more how Jesus wants to pursue you, I think it's best if we figure out how the devil is trying to pursue you. And you give, he gives us his plan of attack. The wolf comes, and what does it say? I don't remember which verse it is. <laughs> um, verse 12, by the end of it, it says, Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Um, to know what that means, I mean, wolves hunt in packs. So very simply, one wolf is going to come in, intervene. They're going to spread out all of these sheep. And it's going to run them into a trap. There's going to be more wolves waiting, right? More wolves are going to get. So the, you single, single out one or two um, tasty-looking sheep or whatever the wolf wants, and they go have at it around the bend, right? That's how, they, that's how they hunt. They hunt in packs. And something that is frightening to me is that when we are, 
far from Jesus, perhaps being led by a bad shepherd, that's when we're going to be vulnerable to a wolf attacking. And then we find ourselves drifting further because we're getting scattered. All of a sudden you find yourself, oh, I haven't gone to church in a while. Well, I haven't talked to my friend in a while. I haven't prayed in a while. And you find yourself alone, just like that sheep is alone. And that is the point when the wolves are going to get you. That's the point when the devil is going to send everything he's got to get you. And the wolves are just, it's not like, it, can't, it doesn't just mean a devil. It can mean anxiety. That means stress. Yeah, that means suicidal thoughts, depression. That's some deep stuff that's nipping at the bit right there. That's hard to, that's hard to hear sometimes. And I don't know, man, it's crazy. In school, you get lessons, and then you get the test. In life, you get the test, and then you get the lessons. Um, unfortunately, that's how it goes. <laughs> um, it says the bad shepherd sees the wolf, sees the enemy, and flees. He runs away. Uh, I've noticed a trend in Hollywood. You guys know Hollywood? Um, horror movies, I don't really like horror movies, they're not very realistic to me, but um, I don't have to watch them to know what's going on. I could see previews, you probably have seen a preview when you're just trying to watch your Sunday football, <laughs> like, it's going to happen, you're going to get advertised to all the time, you got to oh, get that out of here. <laughs> Um, but horror movies, these trends that I've been seeing is like the most marketed ones, the most ones that are like, this is the most scary, like this is it, um, are the ones now I think that are like of demons and evil, demon possessed. There's one that's coming out and it's like, she is pure evil. I was like, okay, like what? Um, it's pure evil and it's, they're trying to sell you on being afraid of something that's already been defeated. Yeah? They're trying to get you to be afraid of the demonic. And it's scary because people go and watch it and they are scared and they like that feeling or of adrenaline or whatever it is that bubbles inside them. But it's just, it's silly to me. I don't know what happened to the horror movies with a crazy man with a knife, you know. That's scary to me. Uh, that could happen to me. Like, there's some guy coming at me with a knife and he's big enough and it's a long enough hallway or whatever, like The Shining. Um, that's scary. I'm like running. I'm running away, but it's a scary dream. I can't run. I'm like, oh no. Um, you know, it's one of those things. That's scary. But the devil, the demons, demon possession, the exorcist, the conjuring, all that stuff, Ouija boards you, that brings souls back, and all this junk that's out there in the world. They're trying to sell you on being afraid of the devil so bad they forgot God already did it. He already he already won. You know, why I'm not afraid because. The Bible says he has given us authority. Oh, yeah, let's go. He has given us authority to trample and tread upon snakes and scorpions. Yeah? Come on. He's given us authority to tread upon snakes and scorpions. That's representing the devil himself. That's representing all his little minions on the side of it. His word is a double-edged sword. Amen? Our God. That's our God. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Woo! He's the great I am. Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh. He is. He always was. And he always will be. He spoke galaxies into existence. When he looks at it, 
the universe obeys. Is that the God you serve? Is that the God we serve? Then why ain't you talking to him? through this. I almost threw that right at you. I'm like, cast it. That's a big God and we're scared of little demons. That's a big God and we're scared of little demons. So when I'm a little sheep and I got wolves and things coming at us, I got to know something that my shepherd, the good shepherd, is my protector. If he's not afraid of anything, why should I be? Right? If he's on my side, nothing can come against me. No power on this earth can come against us when we're with God, Yeshua, all those other names, you know. Let's keep going. Jeez, this is not, okay. Verse 14, I promise we're getting somewhere. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must also bring them. They too will listen to my father's voice. That I'm, <clears throat> well, I just skipped a line. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. Only to take it up again. Verse 18 says, no one takes it from me. But I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. And authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. <clears throat> We're moving. And I just, just spent a whole little bit there talking about how great God is. And Jesus is claiming the authority of God. First of all, in verse 16, technically Jesus is talking to <clears throat> Jewish people. He's in the temple, Jewish leaders uh, to be exact. But verse 16 is the first sense of outreach. He says, there's other sheep that are not in this pen, I will also bring them in. We will be one flock and one shepherd. That is powerful. That is us today. That reaches beyond anything else. If you think there's an elect group of Jewish, that's not it. He's reaching over the pen. He's reaching to everyone. He wants everyone in on this thing, on this guidance, on this love, on this care. Um, his relationship, it says in verse 4, his sheep know his voice. Then in 15, he says, I... Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. All of a sudden, we have this relationship <clears throat> with the sheep to the Jesus. Then you have this relationship with Jesus to the Father. Jesus knows the Father's voice. How is he Alpha and Omega? How is he the beginning and the end? Because Jesus' relationship with the Father is our connection to eternity. That's it. That's the answer. This is why Jesus is the gate into the pasture of eternity. This is why Jesus is the good shepherd willing to lay down his life. That supersedes all powers of the world. That's it. Jesus' relationship, his authority that comes from heaven, that's why we are granted. It's, it's just an amazing thing thinking about how we get that. You know, it says the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. That's huge. Why be afraid of a little horror movie, you know? Why be afraid of a little demon, of a little thing? That's how you need to look at it. We, we over-Hollywood things like that, right? That's not how reality is. Jesus spoke and demons flee. They flee at his name. That's huge. Jesus here 
he says, uh, the good shepherd lays down his life. <clears throat> and we get a little nuance of philosophy here. And I don't want to get crazy into it. If you would like to talk about it more, I'd love for you to buy me lunch. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But well, I'd love to talk about it. <clears throat> he's laying down his life. And it says, he's, it's, it's, it's saying he's not a puppet, okay? Jesus isn't making these uh, moves, making these decisions, making these things because God Almighty in heaven is here puppeteering Jesus. He's actually thinking and doing according to his own will. That's free will, freedom. Um, we have this nuance here that says he's, he's not laying his life down out of obedience to, the, to God, um, right? Because he's not controlling him. He's laying his life down. Because he has a profound commitment to the ones he loves. That's it. He cares for his flock. He cares for his sheep. So I have the authority to lay it down. That's his life he's talking about. Uh, he's, he's not saying, uh, he, he, no, he didn't just give up his life. Like, I, I guess I'll die. Like, if I have to, I guess I'll die. No, he's, he's like, I will die for this. Because I know I can raise again, right? That's what, we, that's what we believe. That's what the cross is about. The cross isn't a disaster. It's, it's a design. It's not a tragedy. It's, it's a, a strategy. He's been planning it. He's been thinking it. He's been doing it. That's a good thing. The resurrection wasn't an afterthought. Uh, once Jesus died, right, he was like, oh, no. We got to do something. Let's get, well, three days maybe. Let's do it in three days. Yeah, let's do it in three days. We'll raise him back up. That's not how it was. He had a plan. This, he had a purpose. You know why it was a strategy? You know why this was a whole design? Why he did this? Because God knew you would be led astray. God knew you would fall short. God knew I would fall short. God knew you might even be taken out and attacked by wolves. Some of you are being attacked by wolves today. Some of you are being attacked by wolves every time you walk into your workplace. Something happens to you. Someone says something to you. That's heavy. You know, I know why it was designed because he wanted to give you a way out. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the way out. Later in 14.6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he's just getting ready to say that line here. I am the gate. Come to me to find pasture. Come to me to get to eternity. That's huge. My question is uh, just simple today for you guys. Do you want that way out? You know, do you want that way out? Have you recognized his voice? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back on. <clears throat> I have a couple more verses in this little section that explains more to me where the people, how the people receive Jesus' word. How do, how do they receive the fireworks he's shooting right at them, you know? <clears throat> John 10 verse 19 says, the Jews who heard these words were again divided. This isn't the first time they've been divided. Uh, every story we've been reading, it seems like Jesus has been dividing. Verse 20 goes on. 
many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And that goes back to chapter 9 when he did open the eyes of the blind. And uh, I think we're faced with the same challenge of we've, we've been doing things, we've been going places, and we've been partly divided. I think this world gives us a lot of choices, a lot to choose from, a lot of things to follow in person and virtually. You follow whatever you want, whenever you want, however you please. Um, yeah, God's just put it in my heart that you guys need to say yes to him right now. You need to get back to following him. <clears throat> There's a story in the Australia that's happened uh, a little bit ago. There's actual shepherds. There's still shepherds out there today. It's not just Bible times. Um, and this guy says, that's, this guy stole my sheep. He's the thief. He stole my sheep. And then the other guy looks at him and goes, no, you stole my sheep. Those are my sheep. You stole them from me first. So you have this arguing, bickering, as two shepherds going at it. It's very, very simple. And long story short, they're in a courtroom. They take it to court. And it's just word versus word. So the judge says, all right, the last witness, as they say, let's bring up the sheep. <laughs> and the sheep, and they have, you know, a guy stand on one side, guys stand on the other. <clears throat> and he says, okay, call for the sheep. The first guy calls for the sheep. And they get a little scared. They get a little timid. Uh, they're a little afraid. And they don't move anywhere. And this was the guy who was claiming the guy stole the sheep. The guy, the other guy, he, he started speaking. And as he started speaking to the sheep, the sheep slowly started to come to him. He goes, why, why, why? The sheep know the shepherd's voice. God's calling you guys. God's calling you to come to him. God's calling you to come back to me. Don't be afraid of what's out there. Don't be afraid. Don't be led astray any longer. Come to me. The best way we know how to listen, to speak, to do things here is just we respond in songs. We respond in worship. And as we start to worship, I want you to think about his voice. I want you to think about his word. I want you to think, have I, am I able to recognize his voice? Oh, has it been too long? When was the last time I spoke to you, God? God, please. Right? And not just when you find a parking space in the front. Oh, Lord, thank you. It's more than that. We have, we have opportunity right now. Some of you, I think, have just been so caught up in your mix, so caught up from being scattered as sheep, being attacked by wolves, by things of this world that come against us. And, and God just wants to bring you back in. It says Jesus owns the sheep. If we trust him as our good shepherd, that's where our identity comes from. Ownership with Christ. And through that ownership, that's where we get all of the good stuff, all of the authority, all of the power, the forgiveness, the grace. heavy on my heart so I'm just gonna we'll have everyone just bow your heads and we're gonna pray a prayer if you feel led to repeat the words repeat them and then we're gonna go into some 
reflection time. And I just want you guys to spend a little bit of time. Don't find balance, make balance. Right now, we plan and we establish an area, a space for you to talk to God. If you want to come up to the altar, you can. If you feel to stand, you can. Go to the back. Pray with Pastor Jeff. Pray with Pastor Eric. Say, you know what? A wolf has been at me. A wolf has been attacking me. I need your help. I need God's voice back in my life. So pray with me. Oh, Father God. Father God, you are my good shepherd. I need your voice. I need your voice to guide me. to care for me and to love me. I've been trying to do it on my own, but I need you in my heart right now. More than ever, God, speak to me. space of worship. Do 
are all I'm chasing out. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. You are all I'm chasing now. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. I will remember this day. This is my surrender. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you it's all about you Jesus and I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made when it's all about you all about you Jesus
started thinking about the sheep because that's us and I really really appreciate the reminder of how stupid and timid and easily distracted we can be because it's true incredibly easily distracted and and those of us who a couple years ago got to go to Israel we got to go into a sheep pen where shepherds actually tended sheep at night and it was a cave it was kind of naturally occurring that they'd carved out a little bit, and it had a doorway that was just wide enough for the shepherd to sleep across. He would use his body as the door, and we got to go in there. And I started thinking about, as a sheep, without a shepherd, being out in the field at night, because there's a lot of other voices, that the, the wolves that are howling, and every time the, the wind shakes the trees, and the ways in which a sheep not penned in at night, cannot rest. And I think that's a lot of us. I know it's for me. When you begin to think that you are the one who has to be in control of your life, who has to protect yourself, who has to defend yourself against things that seemingly are outside of your control, when you turn on the news at night and you hear about things that are going awry and you go, how can I protect my family from that? How can, what am I supposed to do? Where should I be? How should I provide? What's the next step? And all of those kind of questions that many of us grapple with day in and day out. And all of the voices that are kind of banging in the background. It is exhausting to try to protect yourself, defend yourself, always be on guard. And sheep without a shepherd are probably pretty exhausted. But I think about those sheep that are penned in where the only way to get to them is through the shepherd. And those are sheep that rest well. And for us this morning, the invitation that Josh has presented to us, the invitation that Jesus presented, both to the Pharisees, but as well as the crowds who were listening, was stop trying to protect yourself. Stop trying to be the captain of your own ship. Come to me. Because I I'm a shepherd that is not only capable of protecting you, capable of providing for you, capable of leading you to where I want you to be, to do what I want you to do, but I'm the kind of shepherd who is willing also to lay down my life. Because when the enemy attacks, when the wolves attack, I will place myself between you, and that is exactly what he did 2,000 years ago. That is why we celebrate the freedom that we have in Him. We don't have to be afraid 
of the things that the world tells us we need to be terrified of. We don't even need to be afraid of, of cancerous things in our bodies. We don't need to be afraid of chemical imbalances that cause us to be concerned about so many things. We don't have to be afraid of rejection, afraid of the ways that other people think about us, afraid of whether people even recognize that we are around at all. We don't need to fear those things. We don't even need to fear death. Because of what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago, even death doesn't get the last word. That is the freedom that we have. That we have a shepherd, the shepherd, who is a capable shepherd who will not run. In fact, he has shown himself willing to stand in the gap and lay down his life for us. And so we can come to him and we can rest in his presence. And I just want to pray one last time over us before we go out. And we get to be the church to those who, who right now are wandering in the darkness. Let me just pray over us. Father God, I am grateful for the ways that you love us as dumb and easily distracted as we can be. Jesus, I am thankful for the ways that you stepped out of the throne room of heaven and stepped into our gritty reality. I know that when we think of sheep and we think of past, uh, and shepherds, we think of green pastures and, and everything is beautiful and serene with the, the light just kind of breaking through the trees and it's all wonderful. But I've seen shepherds in Israel. Man, it's stinky. There's a lot of flies. And God, there's a lot of flies around us and it is gritty. And Jesus, you were willing to enter into our reality and get your hands dirty. You were willing to love people who turned their back on you and mocked you and ultimately cried for your crucifixion. You gave your life for us. And we are grateful that you have overcome the grave so even death doesn't get the last word. And so now we come to you as sheep who are desperately in need of a shepherd. And many of us have been spending way too much of our energy worrying about things that are outside of our control. Would you give us the ears to recognize your voice and hearts that are humble enough to follow your lead wherever you happen to guide us? For your name's sake, not just for our comfort's sake, because I don't want to make this about us. We are your sheep. So you can help yourself to our lives. We want to glorify you. We don't want to just promote our own comfort. God, as we go out on this Independence Day, as we go out and interact with family and friends and neighbors, as we burn stuff to celebrate the country that we live in, as we have barbecues, as we go about our work week and go back to work and interact with people who don't call you Lord, would you fill yourself or fill us with your presence, Holy Spirit, so that we would be a reflection of you? We don't want to be like stars that shine of our own strength. We want to be like the moon that reflects the light of the sun so that others won't walk in darkness any longer, but will be able to find their way to you. Thank you for being the good shepherd, Jesus. Thank you for being willing to sacrifice your life, for, for laying in the gap for us so that we can find rest, so that we can find life that is truly life. Jesus, we pray these things in your holy name. Josh, great job.
really, really grateful for you. Guys, if you have prayer requests, Jeff and I and Josh are going to stick around. We'd be happy to pray with you. Otherwise, there's some cards in the seat back in front of you. If you're at home, you can just email pastor at lighthousecommunity.com. We would love the opportunity to be praying for you and with you. And if there's a way that we can tangibly support you as well, we are in. That's what family does. Uh, Secondly, if you... Uh, feel compelled to give. There's boxes in the back for those of you who are here. You can give online if you are not. Uh, This is just another act of worship, a declaration that God, I trust you more than my stuff. So if that is what the Holy Spirit compels you to do, awesome. Otherwise, we are so grateful that you were here with us this morning. Now go be the church. Have a great week. I'm coming.